This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 290.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great books set during the holidays. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Elena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Sourcebooks Landmark. So King Solomon says something very interesting to his son before he dies, and that is, quote, don't let the white man take the house, end quote. These, as I just mentioned, are King Solomon's last words to his son as he dies. Now, all four Solomon siblings must return to North Carolina to save the kingdom, their ancestral home, and 200 acres of land from a development company. Told in alternating viewpoints, Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris is a searing portrait of the power of family and letting go of things that no longer serve you, exploring the burden of familial expectations, the detriment of miscommunication, and the lessons and legacies we pass on to our children. It's an explosive and emotional story of four siblings, each fighting their own personal battle, because who isn't, who return home in the wake of their father's death. Make sure to check out Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris. And thanks again to Sourcebooks Landmark for sponsoring this episode. All right, readers, this is the last episode of All the Backlist of 2020, and we will not be having Backlist episodes next week or the week after because of Christmas and New Year's Day. So because of that, I thought I would like to round out the year by talking about two books set during um, Christmas and winter holidays. So my very first pick is Royal Holiday by Jasmine Guillory. 
And this is a book that came out last fall. And if you are unfamiliar with Jasmine Guillory, she writes contemporary romance novels. She is one of the most popular romance writers on the scene. She wrote The Wedding Date and just a bunch of other really great romances. So this is a part of her contemporary romance sort of universe where sometimes you will see characters overlap, but this one can be read um, independently of the other books it stands alone. I just really enjoyed it because it features protagonists who are in their 50s. And I think that's really cool. I like reading romance novels where the characters aren't necessarily, you know, in their early mid 20s or even 30s because love is for everyone and we often don't get to see older protagonists in romance. So this book is about Vivian, who has a daughter who is a professional stylist, and she has just gotten a last minute gig to style the new Duchess in England, um, who is implied to be uh, Meghan Markle, but no names are dropped in this book, Um, probably for legal reasons, or I don't know, just because uh, she's playing it safe. But either way, it's very much implied that this is the British royal family, Harry and Meghan, without any names being dropped. So Vivian and her daughter Maddie fly to England, and they spend the week of Christmas at Sandringham, which is Queen Elizabeth's estate in It's where the royal family always spends Christmas. So once there, Vivian is just completely in awe of, you know, the estate, the size, you know, how good the food is, how um, just helpful and polite everyone is. And she can hardly believe that she's there. And she meets Malcolm. And now Malcolm is a personal secretary to the queen. And it's not really his job to give people tours, but he meets Vivian uh, by chance and he's kind of enamored with her. And Vivian is also very curious about Malcolm, uh, partly because he is black, as is Vivian. And she thinks it's very interesting that a black man um, works for the royal family because not many people of color work for the royal family. So they meet Sparks Fly. He offers to give her a tour of the state. Even more sparks fly. They spend just a few blissful days getting to know one another on the estate, flirting a ton. And then Malcolm invites Vivian to stay through New Year's. And she's kind of uncertain about this, but she finally agrees. And so Vivian is a social worker back home. She's always making like reasonable measured decisions. You know, she was a single mom. So she's always thought about, you know, practicality and putting her family first. So she's never impulsively extended a vacation for a fling. But she takes a chance knowing that she's headed home to start a really tough new job. And maybe this might be her last chance to just have some fun. So Vivian and Malcolm have just like this wonderful, glorious week between Christmas and New Year's together. But Vivian kind of isn't interested in a long distance relationship, which leaves them wondering, like, what's what's going to happen? Are we just going to go our own separate ways after this? Um, so this is just, you know, a really delightful book that totally leans into the whole, you know, wish fulfillment aspect of what would it be like to see how the royal family spends their holidays and kind of be on the periphery of that. But at the same time, the royal family aspect is very much on the peripheral of this romance. It's not the central aspect at all. It's very much about these two characters. And, you know, they're just from completely different worlds with very different jobs. But, like, they are able to connect on multiple levels. And that's kind of neat to see. And it's also kind of neat to see how they also 
because of their romance and getting to know each other, are forced into confronting some preconceived notions that they have about life. Like, again, I mentioned Vivian is very practical and, you know, job oriented. And she really has to confront her feelings about her job and question what is it that makes her happy. And Malcolm is a bit more straight laced and he has to also consider what it means to have a fulfilling life and how much a career ought to play into that. So the characters are really charming. And I would say if, like the romance, the steam level, probably the medium, it doesn't get too steamy, but um, the romance and love scenes are very sweet. So I actually blew through this book in like a couple sittings and I just found it to be like the perfect escapist read for a very hectic time of year. And, you know, if you're looking for something to read on your couch in front of the Christmas tree and just kind of unwind, uh, Royal Holiday by Jasmine Guillory is definitely it. So my next pick is a book that has been out for a few years now, and I really like to return to most most holidays. I, I think every year at Christmas, I read a couple stories out of this, and that is My True Love Gave to Me, 12 Holiday Stories. Um, this is a YA anthology edited by Stephanie Perkins, and the contributor list is pretty impressive. So we have... Holly Black, Allie Carter, Matt De La Pena, Gail Foreman, Jenny Hahn, David Levithan, Kelly Link, Myra McIntyre, Stephanie Perkins, of course, Rainbow Rowell, Lainey Taylor, and Kirsten White. And so I just want to say it's YA, but I think anybody who just really enjoys like fun, holiday, romantic, because these are all romance stories, kind of like if you just enjoy a really good Hallmark or or cheesy romance um, in the holidays, you, you will like this book. But also that's not all that this book has to offer, which I think is pretty cool. Most of these stories are centered around Christmas uh, because that is kind of, you know, the dominant holiday in our culture at this time of year. There's a really delightful story from Jenny Han about a human girl who lives at the North Pole. And honestly, it's really, really good. And I feel like it's not talked about enough because I feel like it's just begging to be adapted, especially with the success of um, her um, to all the boys I've loved before. But we also have a New Year's theme story, and that is Rainbow Rowell's Almost Midnight which is a really delightful story about two teens across three or four New Year's Eve's parties. So that's kind of cool. Um, We also have stories about Jewish characters navigating the holidays um, from Gail Foreman and David Levithan. And we even have some stories that pull from like Christmas mythology and legends and like solstice. Um, There's a solstice sort of fantasy story from Lainey Taylor. And then there's a Krampus story from Holly Black, which is really great. And I remember not really knowing much about Krampus before I read that story. And it's, it's kind of creepy, but beautiful, just like most of Holly Black's writing. So definitely don't want to miss this. So one thing I do want to mention is that this is not the most diverse YA anthology that you'll find. So this came out in 2014, kind of, I would say, at the beginning of what felt like a really big anthology boom in YA. And all of the authors in this anthology are, you know, very big name authors. But unfortunately, I don't think that the lineup is as diverse as it could be. And I think that overall in the current YA market, anthology editors have been doing a really great job of just including more diversity. And as I mentioned, the the stories really do lean heavily on Christmas. So take this recommendation, I guess, with a grain of salt, just knowing that. But I really 
I love this anthology because there are some really excellent stories here. And I love Christmas, but I really wanted to talk about uh, my favorite story in this anthology, which is Kelly Link's The Lady and the Fox. I do honestly think it's the best short story in this entire collection, like on a craft level, which makes sense because if you're unfamiliar with Kelly Link, she is a short story writer. And I think all of her books are, you know, collections of short stories. So she's had a fair bit of practice. She also has a small press that I think publishes a lot of short stories and a lot of short fiction. So she really, really knows her stuff. Um, she often gets billed as YA, but her stories are unique in that they really can appeal to like both YA and adult audiences. And she also writes a lot of, you know, books that kind of seem like they're set in the real world, but they have some fantastical elements to them. Uh, I think a lot of people have compared her to Shirley Jackson a little bit, but she, you know, she also writes fantasy. Carmen Maria Machado has been compared to, her work has been compared to Kelly Link's. Like, if you like them, you'll probably like Kelly Link's. Um, so her short story in this collection is about a Christmas party that happens every year and somebody who may or may not be cursed. And I don't want to say too much because this is a really good short story that you just kind of have to discover as you read. But it's totally excellent. And I do, I think I've read it every Christmas since this book came out because that's how much I love it. And I'm now that I've been talking about it, I realize I haven't read it yet this year. So I'm gonna have to do that. So that is, you know, just a really great um, collection. My True Love Gave to Me 12 Holiday Stories. Again, very Christmas heavy, doesn't really include a lot of other holidays. But man, I'm just thinking it would be really great if we had an updated holiday anthology that was a little bit more diverse. Um, But this one's still great. So definitely check it out. And I hope that no matter how or what you celebrate, it's a happy holiday. And if you don't celebrate anything, I'm just wishing you a cozy end of the year and happy new year. I'm stocked with plenty of books. Because I know that we are all very much looking forward to kind of resetting and looking forward to jumping into 2021. So thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please show us some love by treating us to a rating or review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other book lovers find us. And thank you so much to our sound editor, Jen Zink. If you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back next year on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist recommendations. Thank you so much for listening and have a great holiday. <laughs>